Hey, and welcome to the Badger Talks podcast, the podcast that shares interviews with experts from the University of Wisconsin-Madison community about their work, programs, research, and what they're like as people too. I'm your host, Ben Rush. April is highlighting UW-Madison's engineering, and we have a very special guest on this episode, Laura Albert, who is a professor and chair of industrial and systems engineering. Let's dive into the interview with Laura Albert. Hi, Laura. Thanks for joining me on the Badger Talks podcast. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for inviting me. Yes, it is the season to have you on, as it really seems. Um, so glad, very glad you're here. Let's start with some basics. Could you share your name and pronouns, please? My name is Laura Albert, and my pronouns are she, her. And if people were going to bump into you on the street today, what might you look like? I might look like a, you know, tall Caucasian woman with freckles and curly hair. Any identities you'd like to highlight about yourself? Well, let's see. In addition to being a professor, I'm also a parent of three children, a blogger, and also a bit of a semi-serious runner. Hmm. How how semi-serious are you? Um, I let's see. I've been running several days a week since high school, I would say, and I've done a number of marathons. And the Boston Marathon was was the last one that I qualified for and ran and um that might be a distance too far at this age in my stage in my life but uh i'm still running yeah well so congrats on that that's that's quite a feat uh you did mention that you are a professor on campus and that's why you're here to talk about your work could you share what you do could you explain to us how you talk to your friends and family about what you do Sure. I'm a professor of industrial and systems engineering. I'm also the department chair. And I'm quite frequently asked, you know, what is an industrial engineer? Do you do things in industry? And the answer is yes, but actually industrial engineering is a lot more interesting than its name suggests. Engineers make stuff and different types of engineers make different things. Um, Industrial engineers make decisions and we make systems. So we're really focused on process. And we use a lot of data to do that, data and mathematics. And industrial engineering got its name from manufacturing about 100 years ago, actually. And we've moved out of factories and we're in all sorts of industries now. Um, Some of the most common industries we'll find industrial engineers are transportation, the service sector, healthcare is a big one. It's one part medicine, one part um, healthcare systems, engineering, also supply chains, finance, and government. So that's your crash course in industrial engineering. I'm gonna quiz you at the end. Um, okay, we can try it. Um, I, I enjoy the random spontaneous quizzes. So you, you, you covered a lot. You know, your, your crash course is all these different subjects that could be happening. What would you, what would you say is like the main goal? Is it efficiency? Is it trying to make sure people are safe and healthy? Combination of everything? There's a couple things that industrial engineers are really, really good at. One is we're really turning good at turning data into decisions, right? So we start with data, but we want to get so much out of this data and we want to engineer systems that work better. We're really good at a couple of things. One is making interconnected decisions, not just making a decision in isolation, 
when you make a decision in a system, it, it changes everything, there are ripple effects. And we're really good at making those systematically good decisions. We're also good at making decisions under uncertainty. Um, it's much harder if you don't know what's going to happen next. And we're also really good at balancing multiple criteria. So you just talked about what is the goal, and I had to smile because we're also often trying to balance multiple criteria. And in real applications, there's a lot more than just one goal, typically. And another thing that we're really good at with all the mathematical modeling that we do is figuring out, like, how do you move the needle on the strategic goal or the strategic goals that you care about while also understanding how the pieces of the system work together? And so we're really good at linking those tactical operational decisions with the more strategic decisions. And, you know, math is the secret sauce. And to me, a well-coordinated system is beautiful. I would agree. Um, there's, on my end, also as a scientist, there's nothing more beautiful than being able to get a well thought out visualization of your data that almost anyone can interpret. However, you also work with something that people are very familiar with, including traffic. Can you talk about your research into the traffic of cars? Sure. A lot of my research, if I take a step back, a lot of my research uses mathematical modeling, including queuing theory, data analytics, and discrete optimization to study how to manage risk in connected public sector applications. And the queuing that you referred to is like what we call congestion quite frequently. And that means, and that plays out in a number of ways. And most frequently, I study how to locate and route ambulances and other vehicles to respond to emergencies. Um, and those emergencies aren't scheduled ahead of time, so there's some uncertainty there. And the congestion in the system and how busy those ambulances and vehicles could be can influence the behavior of the system that we want to optimize. Um, so I study how to do that and to provide really good care for patients experiencing those health emergencies while not just you know, increasing costs. It's all about getting the right resources in the right place at the right time to manage risk and to make sure the system is functioning really well. And I'm sure as, as it gets better and better and people can understand the system, they will also be very appreciative of that. And one other fun thing that you do um, is the Badger brackets. And so, in all honesty, I have to admit, I am not a sports person, but I do appreciate the math behind all of it, um, of trying to predict in football and also, I think, hockey as well, or basketball, at least. This is how much I know sports. I'm... <laughs> I do college football, yeah, college men's basketball, and I've started doing NFL rankings. It's fun. I think what's interesting about sports analytics is that there is more data available for certain types of sports, and it's really a fun way to follow the sport with data. And you can actually rank sports teams like an expert could just using the data without even watching the games. And you don't need that much data to do it so well, which is amazing. I do like to watch the games because I am also a fan. Um, but to me, it's just yeah, extracting that information from data using mathematical models is really cool. And I've gotten involved initially in college football when they started the college football playoff in 2014. I started using um, some data analytics to rank the teams, but also forecast the rest of the season to predict who might 
make the playoff based on the remaining schedule. And it's kind of interesting in college football, if you let me geek out for a second, because the conferences have the conference championship games at the end of the season. So it's like this this game at the end of the season and two teams get a play in it in the conference, the others don't. And um, incorporating that into the model helped understand that path to the college football playoff. And it's really amazing that, you know, you can tell based on different scenarios a few weeks before the season ends, which teams have a likely chance at, at making the playoff. It's very fun. And I can imagine it's also through the beauty of mathematics, it's almost like predicting the future. If you get it right, it doesn't mean it's going to happen at all. But it is such a fun thing, I would imagine, on your side, in your brackets, to, with your mathematical models, see them come to fruition occasionally. Exactly. I, I did mention that it's really hard to predict the future and make decisions under uncertainty. But one way we can reduce that risk and uncertainty is looking at that structure. And so I just mentioned one way in which I do it, which is looking at the structure of the remaining matchups. Um, and the same thing for the, the uh, college March Madness tournaments is that there are seeds or paths to the final four and understanding those paths really helps us uh, make better predictions. And you are also writing a blog and I'm sure this Badger's bracket has also come from a bit of a love for science communication, trying to get this applied into the world. Um, Can you speak about your passion about that a bit? Yeah, I started a blog called Punk Rock Operations Research in 2007. It was my first year in a tenure track position. And, you know, my subspecialty is called Operations Research, also a very confusing name for the uninitiated. And I just wanted to, you know, connect to others out there that might be interested in, you know, my discipline. And I started the blog and over the years, it's been so fun to talk about operations research and industrial engineering to the public. And it's been very fulfilling. I've met so many students and now sometimes professors who said they first learned about the discipline through my blog, which is such an honor. Um, But I think it's important for us to tell our story because you know, we've contributed as the discipline has contributed so much to the world. And it's definitely helped me unlock a passion in myself to communicate to the general public. I later moved to Wisconsin and just totally fell in love with the Wisconsin idea because I had already believed that the classroom isn't limited by the, uh, or teaching isn't limited by the walls of the classroom. I've always viewed that teaching is is broader and more expansive. And I really embrace um, the public's interest in academic research and those who are really interested in lifelong learning. And, you know, blogging and social media outreach has been a lot of fun for me. It's been quite fulfilling. So on your blog, you recently published an article about your New Year's resolutions, one of which was eating your leafy greens or I should say, eating more of your leafy greens. So I just want to check in. Uh, how is your 2023 going for your leafy green intake? It's great. I had um, a salad for lunch with some other uh, with some other food, and I had some leafy greens last night, some spinach, and I'm doing pretty well. And that's kind of a homage to my mom because she always insisted that we have a vegetable every night for dinner and preferably something green. She would always stress that point. And when I'm, as an adult, you know, sometimes you go through busy patches and it's hard to 
keep up with self-care like I'd like to. And I always remember my mom's advice about uh, leafy greens. And so it's like kind of like my evergreen New Year's resolution. Um, it's always a good reminder to, my, to myself. Well, oddly enough, one of our takeaways about industrial engineering can also be that everyone should eat some more leafy greens. <laughs> um, my last question for you, when you are not researching industrial engineering, when you're not running, are there any other hobbies that you like to do? I have quite a few hobbies, but not enough time for all of them. I like to bicycle a lot, which started during a running injury. I couldn't run, so I had to do something with myself, so I started uh, cycling, and, and I've actually done um, some triathlons. Uh, I also really like to spend time with my kids, of course, and during the pandemic, I took up like all the pandemic hobbies. I started baking bread, doing jigsaw puzzles. I even started playing golf at one point and I'm actually doing some of them not quite the same frequency um, but I still have some of those pandemic hobbies going and I have a semi-finished puzzle in my table in my front room as we speak and luckily that puzzle won't be going anywhere <laughs> so you can take your time well, Laura, I want to thank you for being on the podcast, and I am looking forward to seeing how your brackets do as you've predicted them this year. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the Badger Talks podcast. I hope you enjoyed the interview. The link to the other Badger Talks by the University of Wisconsin-Madison experts is in the show notes. On another note, this will be the last time that I host the podcast. However, you are in good hands with the new upcoming host. Thank you for spending your time with me, and I thank everyone listening for supporting the podcast. The Badger Talks podcast is a creation by the UW Connects and Deeper Than Data Media. Music composed by Bill Purdy and played by the University of Wisconsin-Madison Marching Band. This podcast episode was recorded, edited, and produced by Deeper Than Data Media.